0: Well, uh, good morning. Welcome to Mariner's Church. Thank you guys for coming and being a part of today. Uh, I'm Paul. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, I am the guy that John just talked about um, at quite at length. And, and and I said, I was in the back, and I said, I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. And the guy who's doing our sound, John, said, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. So, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just it, because I asked for a free bird, long version, along t- and they can't do it, and they won't do it, so they're all bugged at me for... All those kinds of of reasons. No, I, hey, I'm glad you guys are here and uh, welcome. And um, worship is important to all, to all of us. And as we work and coordinate together, we want to do the songs that will stay with you throughout the week, um, that speak to your life and speak into you. And so um, we we uh, give and take and push and shove and. Uh, God does His thing. It's really, really good. And I love all the people here, and I love the grief they even give me too. So it's a, it's a good, it's a good thing. Today, if if you um, um, know kind of the the calendar, today is Palm Sunday. Um, this is the day when Jesus came into Jerusalem or into the town, and the the people waved the palm branches and uh, spread their cloaks out on the road and. And, and and when you read the account, and what a great thing you know everyone was really excited and all that kind of stuff actually um, when you read the entire story it was kind of a bust believe it or not um, because the people wanted Jesus to not only march in um, um, into their town but he wanted they wanted him to march into the government and kick out the Romans the end of the parade ended with Jesus actually weeping crying. And I guess you could say for this whole issue where the people were expecting Jesus, it's kind of the, the fine art of missing the whole point. They missed the whole point of who Jesus was and what he came to do. They wanted somebody to be just simply a governmental ruler. When Jesus says, that's not what I've come to do. I've come to actually rule in your heart and into your life. One of the things that's very important to us here as a church family is our children and youth ministry. Um, you were introduced to Kurt um, here. He looks just like Len, okay? They look like <laughs> brothers on this one. But Kurt, Kurt is, um, Kurt's our, our, our youth guy, and Caitlin, um, we invest, um, she's our children's director, and we invest in, in those ministries heavily because what our kids are going to get, you know, growing up and through school and all this kind of stuff, and I'm not against the schools all that stuff, but... The view they're going to get of Jesus is going to be somewhat like um, um, the people in Jerusalem felt on that Palm Sunday. Jesus is just this. He's, he's not the savior of our hearts. He's not the savior of the world. He's just a strong political figure. And we want kids and youth to know that he's much more. I want you guys to know how much more um, he is than that. Yesterday we had uh, um, a, a great event for children here, Caitlin and, and Yvette helped pull it off, and it was uh, terrific. We had a whole bunch of kids just come and, and, and pack this place, and they had kind of like their whole Easter experience as they had a chance to really hear about who Jesus was and what Jesus did the real the real one. And um, the kids actually there was a there was a cross, and the kids could put up some of their prayer requests on on the cross, and and they're real cute. Some of them real sweet. My prayer is that I will love my family forever. Isn't that great? Isn't that, isn't that sweet? Um, here's another one from Sierra, to always be safe and protected. And, and, and Bennett wants to pray for us that I can see Jesus for real. Jesus for real. And, and, and here's another one for my family to find Jesus. And a little girl says, I hope Jesus will help me make more friends. And then, and then this one is I need help to do the monkey bars. (laughs) How's that for a a great request? And so each of these kids are are very valuable to us, very valuable to us and to God and God's kingdom. And so um, my prayer is that um, they would desire to know Jesus and they would be able to find out who he really is in their hearts and in their lives. And we're just going to pray for some of these requests, and I'm going to invite you to bow with me right now if you would. Please, um, um, Would you pray for Katie? She wants to love her family forever. She's a little girl that's seeking God and going to God for this request. Bennett wants to see Jesus for real. Pray for Bennett. Jesus would make his home in his heart. For this young one that Wants to make more friends. Father, we would pray her lonely times would be filled with you and the friends that she would make would help her in her life and guide her in the right direction. <clears throat> and even the request for something like the monkey bars, we can laugh, but Lord, it means something to somebody and may they see you at work in their life. And Father, even right now as the kids are in the rooms, um, behind us, and teachers are working with them, guide them, lead them. And this day, Father, um, may we see you in a clear way, experience you, Jesus, for who you really are, and give me the right words to share right now, in your name, amen. Thank you, thank you very much. Okay, nostalgia time, Um, let's go back in time and look at kind of the past. Let's go back to high school, and some of you are saying what? Let's not. <laughs> let's not. Some of you had great experiences. I asked each staff member to send in a high school picture, um, give us a high school picture. And, 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 and we wanted to show it. You should have heard the complaints. It's like I'm asking for a quart of blood or something. It's like, it's not, just go back and give me a high school picture. It's not a big deal. But what we want to do is I want to kind of go back in time and show you what some of our staff members Look like now, well now and then what they look like back then in their in their high school years and so we're going to show today and then yesterday pick. so let's go ahead and hit this one's Diane um, um, this is this is um, Diane who's our office administrator this is what she looks like she's always at Disneyland so that's what she looks like this is what she looked like back in high school right here there you go and that's uh, notice the hair I mean <laughs> notice the flip yeah that was the fly-away Farrah Fawcett look. So, there, i date you on that one. Okay, next one. This one, this one is uh, Pastor Len. Pastor Len right there. He's in his favorite place, Starbucks. And and this one's wild. This is wild. There you go. That's what he looks like. Yeah. He had a toupee back then, so it's uh, a... <laughs> like the ruffles. Okay, next one. Go ahead and hit the next one. Um, the next one is Kurt, our youth pastor, right there. This is what he looks like, and this is what he acts like, right there. So uh, <clears throat> there he is. There he is as a, as a high schooler. There, Kurt Vanderstel. There you go. Good. Next one. <clears throat> um, you now, Caitlin, this one drives me nuts, because uh, this is, go ahead, hit the next one. You know, she hasn't changed. She's young. You know, she's just a kid. <laughs> big deal. <clears throat> big, big, big deal. Oh, <clears throat> okay. Here we go. This one's fun. This one's fun. There's uh, Mark, our, our worship guy. And this is Mark in high school. How's that? So, yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right there. Okay. Yvette, Yvette works with our um, um, outreach ministry. And here's a high school picture. Go ahead and hit it. Go ahead and show it. That. There, there you go. So go ahead. She looked older back then, doesn't she? (laughs) She's gotten younger. She's gotten gotten younger. Now you know what I look like. I'm I'm right up here. So so here's here's my high school pic right there. That's my (laughs) high school graduation um, picture. I did not shave till I was 24. I just (laughs) want you to know on that one. So now it it, it's kind of weird to look back at those kinds of things, isn't it? I mean, you go back in time and look back at those those pictures, and all of a sudden you realize how much. You have, have changed. Someone asked me, if you could go back in time and tell that kid anything, what would it be? If you could go back in time and just tell that kid, if I go back and tell that guy right there anything, well, that's a good question. You know, you talk about life, you could talk about love, faith, mistakes. I concluded I would tell that kid right there, buy Microsoft stock, right there. That's right. <laughs> buy just do that. Hey, this whole year we're dedicating it to hope, um, the word behind me, hope, and um, esperanza is the word in Spanish. Um, how many of us keep needing hope? Um, and we all do, don't we? We keep needing hope. It's not something you just simply get a, a, a shot of and you got it for the rest of your life. You keep needing it. And and we've been talking about hope is, is a great thing. It's more than a wish. Um, in fact, a wish is just what I would say wimpy hope. We could say, you know, I hope the giants get better, you know. And that would not be hope. That would be a miracle, okay? That would be a miracle. (laughs) That's not hope. Hope is a living thing because it's dealing with a living God in our our lives, that God's at work. And we've defined it by hope is strength and confidence in life because a loving God is in charge of life and in charge of my life, and no matter what happens, he's in control and it's going to be okay. And that means they can take into account the ups and the downs and the downs and the downs of life, and then the ups again, and realize that, that it's not so matter a matter of what's going to be happening, it's a matter of who's there with me in the midst of it all. And that's what hope is, that no matter what is going on in my life, good or bad, God's in charge, and it's going to be okay because he's there. And that's what hope is, and it's a living hope. And we're in a series that we're calling Hope When You Feel Trapped you know, when you get trapped by stuff. And last week we talked about hope when you feel trapped in temptation because sometimes temptation kind of comes around us and we feel trapped like there's nothing we can do about it, and there is. And today I want to spend a few minutes talking about hope when you feel trapped in your past, you know, when the past begins to feel like it's, it's, it's trapping you up. Now, when I showed the high school pics, some of you went back to those days, you know, some of you went back into your high school memories, and some had great memories, you know. Some of you, maybe your high school years were just terrific, you know, and you just loved every part of it. And some, uh, not so much, you know. Kurt, our youth pastor was walking around. I guess when he pulled out his picture, uh, his yearbook picture, he found some other cards and and and, and accommodation or commendations, and, and he showed me one. It was the who's who of high school students. He got that who's who of high school students and i told him while well, he was the who's who in his high school i was the who's he you know in my <laughs> high school you know i was just not very well known i just i just kind of was one of those kids that sat in the back and 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 no one really knew much about me and the past for all of us you for me is good um and bad and it's a mixture of both okay the good and and the, and the bad all of it is and when we talk about and we think about the hard times, and there were hard times for us, and some of us come back from a pretty charred past, okay? It's just kind of been, been, been blackened by, by bad stuff that we've done or almost scorched. There were the things that, and here we go, this is what makes up our past, there make the things that I've done. And those are the stupid and hurtful things that are part of my life because I was an idiot. You know, I was an idiot. I did idiotic things. And then there were things that were done to me, Okay, those are the things that other people did and they were stupid and they were hurtful and, 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 and they did damage to us. And the problem is, is, is we're a product so often of our past and the things that happened to us or the things that we did do have such an incredible effect on who we are today in our lives today. Um, that means my yesterday is still a big part of my today. Does that make sense? It, it just is. And, and, and this is so true. Whatever thing in my past that I have not brought out into the open and brought before God, if I've not brought those issues before God, they still have a life of their own. And, and I can be sure that it's going to affect me in a very negative way. If I've not been able to take those things that I did that were bad and those things that were done to me that were bad, and I've not brought them before God, and dealt with them in God's living and loving and hope-filled way, they will still have a very negative effect on our lives, on my life, even today. If I've not had them brought before again, God, not just that I remember them, because I remember every single one of them, but they have to be processed before God. And in the hope that God gives me, and then I can become, they can become more of a healthy part of my life. And so so how do we find hope in, in all of this? And here's kind of how we can go back in our past and and, and believe it or not, play around with it and, and find healing from this. First of all, I have to face the wrongs that were done to me. Okay? I have to face those wrongs, those wrong things. The Bible says that there are things of darkness that have been done. Now listen to this verse. This is what the Bible says. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, Rebuke and expose them. You hear that? The evil things that were done to me, I have to, I have to rebuke them and I have to expose them. I have to let them come up and I have to let them come out. It's shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. When the light shines in them, it becomes clear how evil these things are. And when it talks about worthless deeds of evil, we've done them, but it also means that people have done stuff to us. And we need to come to a place that says, that was wrong, and I recognize it as wrong. That was wrong, and I recognize it as wrong. Otherwise, we get trapped in these things. And one of the hardest things to do is when you go back in time, and you go back in your past, and you realize that some of the things that your parents did, did do damage to you. They weren't perfect, okay? They weren't. And maybe they're doing the best they can, maybe they weren't. But sometimes for a child, and and this is when you work with kids or you you walk with kids, mom and dad are like, like always right, at least when you're a little tiny kid. And so when they do stuff that does damage to you, you think there must be something wrong not with them because mom and dad are always right. There must be something wrong with what? With me. With me. And so then we internalize all kinds of stuff, and it caused all kinds of problems and, and all, all of that. I was at a workshop for pastors and leaders, and I became friends with a, with a pastor from Texas, big guy, um, and, and, and nice guy to be around because he's always doing things for people, always doing things, always setting up chairs, getting there early, you know. You ask him to pass the water, and if it was just even a little bit low, he'd go back to the kitchen and fill up with water and all this kind of stuff, and, 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 and really nice and so I always sit next to him because he's always doing nice things but it's like he couldn't stop you know and we began to talk and strike up a conversation and, and he said it's, it, it's starting to drive my wife nuts because I just feel like I have to be helpful to everybody you know I always have to do this I always have to, to be that and, and he c- could never stop and, and this was kind of not only just simply a leadership conference but it was also kind of a therapy conference to help in your leadership get rid of the, the baggage from the past to get better from it and I said, man, you need to bring that up and, and, and as we're doing some group work. Well, it came out as he's talking, he came talking, that he came from an abusive background. Okay? His father was abusive. He used to hit him. He used to hit him and his brother. Um, and, and, and so the, the person in charge, kind of the therapist, kind of asked him to talk about it in any particular instance. And he, he, he shared about a time when his father was just was beating on his brother. And and the guy asked, he said, well, how would you feel about your dad? And he said, well, my dad had a temper, but it was probably our fault because we didn't do our chores right. Okay, did, did, did you hear that? You know, what father should ever hit their kid for any reason? You know, should beat on their kid for any reason. You didn't do your chores right? And again, see what he's doing? He's taking that which happened to a, quote, imperfect dad, but he's now putting it upon himself. And he began to blame himself that he deserved it. And and then as it probed a little bit farther, it found out that in this particular situation he wanted to help his brother from getting beaten by his dad, but his mom hold held him back and said, don't get in the middle of it, it'll only make things, what, worse. And so he described a helpless feeling of seeing his brother getting hit. And we talked about it, and the group leader asked him how he felt about it all and, and, and all that, and... He kept saying, It was my fault. It was my fault. It was my fault. And then it was my fault I couldn't help my brother. And he had to process through all of this stuff. You know? Do um, you see how complex we are? You know how complicated we are as people? You know, and God, you know, when He made us, He made us very complicated and complex in a great way. I mean, in a, in a great way. But we, because of our sin and our sin nature, have caused damage to ourselves and then we cause damage to other people. And so people then come through this thing and we get to adulthood and we can look good because we know how to to make things look good on the outside. But on the inside, there's there's just a lot of things that don't fit together. The pieces are just kind of not there, you know, not in a good place. And he had to go back in that situation and recognize that these were deeds done in darkness. And so the... He had to admit, first time in his life, he admitted, "I had an abusive father," and and he had to admit that my mom, whose role it was to protect me, was not fulfilling her part. He had to admit that he had an imperfect parent, and in order to bring forgiveness to the situation, he had to have the courage to face the past and he had to admit that those were wrong things done to him. He had never forgiven his mom and dad because he'd never declared that they were wrong. And he was carrying that burden, and, and it was an intense session, and he was finally be able to come free from this to recognize and acknowledge the deeds done in darkness. I knew it was very different when the next day I asked him to pass the water, and he said, go get it yourself, you know. So anyway, <laughs> No, it's not It's not that simple a fix, but it, 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 it begins to, and those are sometimes things we have to come through to be able to admit that was wrong because we can't, and we're going to get to forgiveness in a second, we can't forgive until we admit that it was a wrong. The Bible isn't concerned about when something happened, whether it was yesterday or this morning or 10 years ago. It's only focused on whether or not we've exposed it to the light and dealt with it in God's way. And the big story in this, obviously, is if you want to read your Old Testament, the end of the book of Genesis, you have Joseph. And, um, boy, you read his story, and he pulls the past up, and and, and he gets it out in the open when he says to his brothers, who sold him to slavery, who ruined his life, as for you, you meant evil against me. I'll admit it. You meant bad against me. God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result, to preserve many people alive. That's the sign now of a healthy person who's saying, yeah, I admit you meant it for bad, but here comes the hope. God can work it out for good, and I can see the good. And you read Joseph's story, and you say, wasn't it nice? It's all sweet, and it all turned out nice at the end. No, it didn't. That's not the life Joseph wanted. He didn't want to go to Egypt. He didn't want to have all his life in this direction. He wanted to have his life in that direction, and they ruined it for him but he came to a place of forgiveness and understanding. And here we come to the forgiveness part. I need to forgive those people who've hurt me. And, and, and again, sometimes I'll talk to people and they're going to, you know, they start pouring out, you know, all this venom and all this, you know. And then they say, but I've gotten over it. It's like, no, you haven't, you know. You haven't gotten over it. You haven't come to a good place in this. Where have you moved to, you know? You're still in that world. So the Bible says get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and harsh words and slander as well as all types of malicious behavior. And again, the bitterness comes from past hurts and that will create a life that's not pretty. But the way we do this, because this is the next verse, it says this, instead be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Forgiveness is giving up the right to hurt back. It's releasing the demand that they somehow that releasing the demand that they somehow make it up to us. It's over. It's in the past. Um, this guy from Texas, by the way, his parents had died. He had to now go back and forgive them, even though they weren't there for that which was done to them. He had to forgive his dad and he had to forgive his mom, and he did. Why and how could he do it? Because he realized that anything that they did to him was nothing in comparison to what he had done to God. And Jesus forgives him so he could forgive others. Third thing is I need to face the things that I've done. Now, these are the things that that we've done personally. And I got a big part in my my past, a really big part. Um, And so the Bible will say this. If we claim we've not sinned, we're just calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. If you say, oh, I'm perfect, you know, I really don't need to, to deal with my issues or any sin. You know, you're, you're saying to God, God, you're a liar. Because God, all the way through the Bible, says, you're not perfect. You're not right. You're broken. Things are screwed up. And you are screwing things up as well. It It is your fault. Um, and a lot of people who have not dealt with certain things in their life, and they've never been able to go to God for, for the forgiveness, and so they still really believe that God is mad at them. And, and while they may believe that Jesus loves them, they feel second place and second rate because of that thing they did, that one thing that they, they, they did. There's still that thing, you know, that thing that's there, or that thing that they keep doing. <clears throat> Courage digs into that and exposes it again. Ephesians says this, All things become visible when they're exposed by the light, for everything that becomes visible is light. Just bring it to the light. And here's how we do it. We have to confess. The Bible says if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from every wrong. We confess, God, I did it. I admit it. I, I, I did it. I don't feel good about it. But I admit it. Number two, then we go and we make it right, particularly if we've damaged or hurt somebody else. So if you're standing before the altar in the temple offering a sacrifice to God and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there beside the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Somebody asked me last night, what does it mean to have to now come and sacrifice something to God? You know, it's like, well, yeah, back then they had animals. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do? You know, bring my dog, my cat? I said, no, not your dog. <laughs> <laughs> or your cat. No, what it's saying is if you're here in worship and you realize someone has something against you, there's an issue or a problem, go make it right and come back and worship. That's how important it is to make things right. And then, and then, um the last one is I need the courage to grieve my losses. Um, there is this crazy belief that Christians aren't supposed to grieve over things. I think that's wrong. Um, the verse, "Do not grieve like those who have no hope." Um, sometimes we go through life and say, "Well, that was God's will. I guess it's okay." You know, understand those bad things that were done, or that we did, or not God's will, and it's not okay. I mentioned Joseph. Do you think he grieved the fact that he grew up in Egypt instead of growing up in his homeland with the people around him that loved him and that he loved? Of course he he did. Grieving's okay, it's very healthy. Whether it's a dream or a, a hope that didn't happen or a change of life, it's saying those things that I wanted didn't happen. Now I can move on from that, but they didn't happen. And grief is is very very healing, and we're freed by realizing that some of the things that have happened to us are just just never happened, and it's okay to grieve that. And this is where the hope of God comes in when we all of a sudden turn that around and understand that this life, by the way, is not meant for me. It's meant for me to live for God, the next life, the real life, because this is just. I almost want to call this fake life. The real life is when everything that we dream of happening right works itself out. Um, I can't change the past. I, I, I just can't. But I can have, with God's help, the courage to go back into my past and forgive people who've hurt me. I can go into my past and bring to light those things that others have done to me in darkness. And I can go back in my past And bring to light those things that I did in darkness. And now expose them to the light of God. And the sacrifice of Jesus helps me through that. Great verse. All things become visible when they're exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. And so so really to break free from that being trapped in your past is giving God permission to redeem my past to shape me and make me part of his plan in the world today. And that means the scars and the nicks and the brokenness that have happened. God, redeem those. Make them good. Bring good out of them in this life and in this in this world. I can't change my past. I can redeem it. Um, there's that old story pastors tell. So it probably isn't true, by the way, if pastors tell. If you hear more than two or three pastors tell the same story, guess what? that 's fake um anyway and 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 it was it was kind of hurt. They made this story into a really cheesy song uh, and, and 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 you may have heard, maybe you like it, but don 't tell me um it's about an auction where there was an old violin, and the auctioneer tried to sell um a, a pretty beat up violin at this auction. you ever heard this one, and it 's a song it's kind of this yeah, so you have. Heard it, and and the, and the auctioneer gets up and he's trying to sell this old violin. It's beat up, and he says, "You know, who'll give me ten dollars? Ten, ten, ten dollars? Anyone take for ten dollars?" And 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 nobody does. You know, nobody does. And so an old guy gets up from the audience. You know, and and he picks up the violin and he picks up the bow and he begins to play. And and the sound that comes out of this old violin is fantastic. You know, and phenomenal. That did all that. And the guy sits down again, and the auctioneer starts the auctioning again. And, and he says, you know, $1,000. Who will give me $1,000 for this violin? And, and the song goes, you know, what's the difference? You know, it's a touch of the master's hand. And you're supposed to cry, you know, all this kind of stuff. All you guys say, Go on. And, 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 and while the song is, I think, kind of funny, um, the point is really well given. Um, when God touches us, our beat-up past and challenges make us instruments that are incredibly valuable in this world. Incredibly valuable in this world. That the scars and the nicks and the damage done to you, even through the wickedness of other people, even those things done in darkness to you, or even by you, when you expose them to the light and you bring them to God, all of a sudden you, broken, what you think useless, who's he you? can be used by god and so we say bring your history to god whatever happened yesterday or 20 years ago bring it bring it to god and for some of you maybe you need jesus forgiveness for that maybe you've never come to him and confessed and said yeah I was wrong I need I need forgiveness and cleansing from that and again the bible says the blood of jesus cleanses us from how much sin all sin, all sin, it's it's over. Come Good Friday and you'll experience it. You'll see it, you'll feel it all over again. He did it. So stop beating yourself up for it, really. And say, okay, God, use me. Use me even in my brokenness. It's Palm Sunday. Don't miss why Jesus came. He came to help redeem our past. Worship team, would you guys come on up, please? Would you please? And, and and would you pray with me, please? And again, we kind of close this part down just because I think it's important that spiritually we, we connect with God on this one. And so, Bow, would you please um, pray? Maybe you haven't prayed in a long, long time. Uh, maybe you're not even sure God's here. Um, that's okay. Just say, God, if you are here, light a flame in my life, a pilot light to... Uh, Help me to begin to seek after you. Some of this stuff sounds helpful and healing, and I would like to look into it more. And maybe you're here and you're saying, My past is so screwed up. Where would God even start? Well, He knew it. He knows it. And He loves you. Can I tell you that? He loves you. In spite of what you've done, Jesus' blood on the cross, Jesus' death on the cross because it was Jesus, because it was God there, can cleanse you from everything. And so maybe you're needing to say, this morning, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Jesus. Father, thank you that you not only forgive our past, but you can take our past and make it really beautiful for the future as you use us for you. We pray that, Lord, no one here would walk away feeling guilty anymore, useless anymore, but ready and able to be used by you for what you would want. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name.